Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Uh, yeah, welcome to the program. It is groundbreaking here across the SEN network for 2023. SEN is your home for supercars. We've got a massive day up there at Newcastle today. We can't wait to get stuck into that. My name, Jimmy Smith. We'll be going trackside very shortly, in fact, with Aaron Noonan, the V8 sleuth, the SEN expert commentator. In the meantime, on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN 1116 AM and in Melbourne, SEN Q693 AM, SEN SA 1629am and all across the SEN network. Make sure you download the SEN app now too, by the way. As I said, the home of supercars, SEN in 2023. Aaron Noonan, as I mentioned, will be joining us trackside throughout the course of the day. He'll be calling a number of the races up there at Newcastle. Huge controversy overnight. We'll get to Aaron about that very shortly. Anticipation building for the launch of the new season, especially with these new Gen 3 cars. We'll also have driver James Moffat joining us from the Melbourne studios for all the expert insight into what is going to be an outstanding and exhilarating day of action. Why don't we go to Newcastle right now? Aaron Noonan coming in live from there. We spoke to him on Friday on the afternoons program, as I said, the V8 sleuth, the SEN expert commentator. What else could we call that? I know, Aaron Hi Noonan. Let's get up to Newcastle right now. G'day, Aaron. Hey, Jimmy. Good to chat to you, mate. It's been one heck of a weekend here so far. I'll tell you what, good news, blue sky right now. Bad news, the bomb's not looking so flash. There's some Ooh. rain coming for this afternoon. Whether it gets here in time for this afternoon supercars race, is another question, but there's been plenty going on on and off the track in the last uh, 12 to 14 hours here in Newcastle, that's for sure. Well, you better fill us in on that one because there was a massive controversy, as we say. Cam Waters and Tickford Racing have inherited the thrifty Newcastle 500 race one win after both Red Bull and Paul Camaros were disqualified. Give us an understanding as to how that all played out, please, Aaron. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So they've been deemed to have breached a technical regulation. So what they did yesterday, and you might have seen it in the broadcast, that they actually filled with dry ice their um, driver cooling system, which is not new, uh, but they're supposed to have that in the passenger side of these supercars. And it's all boiled down to a bit of a misunderstanding. So they've put an additional system in, which is next to the driver's leg. So the, there was a crew member that filled that up yesterday. So the dry ice goes in to help keep the drivers cool. It's very hot in these supercars, but it was deemed that that was an unapproved uh, system in terms of the car. So, uh, But they had shown that to the head of motorsport, who's Adrian Burgess from Supercars, earlier in the week, and I think they presumed, Mark Dutton, the team manager at Red Bull Ampol, that it was okay. However, from Adrian's perspective, it wasn't permitted. So it's one of those things where it's one of those communication things. The team think it's all clear because they've shown it, but they don't have it in writing and they don't have an actual, yes, you can do it. So it went to the stewards last night. There was a decision made and it was announced this morning. Uh, but because it is a technical regulation in the rules, uh, the only course for action here is exclusion. So Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, I should say, loses his win from yesterday. And not just that, 
they lose second place. Brock Feeney, his young teammate who won the last race last season in Adelaide, he's gone from the results. So third on the road, Cam Waters wins the race for Tickford, as you mentioned. That moves Chaz Mostert up to second. And Brody Kostecki, who started from pole position yesterday, gets third. And he got the trophy too. They've handballed the trophies <laughs> down the line today. Uh, I don't think they've done a special presentation. It's kind of been a, here you go, mate, here's your trophy. Uh, and they get to go again today. They've already had qualifying. The shootout is to come and another 250 kilometres of racing. But plenty of drama. Red Bull Ampole Racing have appealed the decision. So at the moment... They're wiped from the results. They have zero points in the drivers' and the team's championship from yesterday. However, that appeal will be heard in upcoming days. They might get it back. They might not. But it's something that's not quite done. The, the full stop's not on that storyline just yet. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, not quite the same as getting uh, a gold medalist disqualified seven years later and the silver is promoted to gold. But <laughs> something similar. Let's head down to Melbourne now, our Melbourne studios, with James Moffat, racing car driver. And uh, welcome to the program to you for the very first time in 2023, James. Thank you. Very nice to be here. Yeah. All right. So you're going to have to give us some insight on that. How I know he's deeply experienced. He's had so much success over his career. But give us an insight into the impact that's going to have on Shane Van Gisbergen and, more interestingly, the youngster, Brock Feeney. Yeah. Well, I think um, probably worryingly for the rest of the drivers and the rest of the teams today is you don't need to give Shane Van Gisbergen <laughs> any more motivation than he already has. Let's just put what happened with the technical breach aside he gave everybody a lesson yesterday and he is 100% still the man to beat and even though the generation of changing cars nothing has changed there so an angry Shane Van Gisbergen heading into another 250k race this afternoon um, yeah look I I think it's going to be on for young and old it was very the guys were very cautious yesterday I think um, and, and Aaron would agree you know the racing was probably not what we're used to especially around the streets of Newcastle. But I think today it's all going to spice up. And Brock Feeney, he'll be disappointed. The, the, the thing with this technical breach is both those drivers, Shane Van Gisbergen and Brock Feeney, they did absolutely nothing wrong. This mm. is on the team, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, a bit of he said, she said might have been going on between Adrian Burgess, the, the head of motorsport for supercars, and Mark Dutton's interpretation. But uh, it seems to me like the rule is fairly black and white. They've been caught out on it. Um, and, you know, Triple Eight and the Red Bull Ampole Racing Team, they are the benchmark team, so they'll come out swinging today, no doubt. All right, if you want to be a part of the program, you can do that. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 that's the open line number. Get us on the text line as well. If you've got a question for Aaron, if you've got a question for James, uh, let us know. 0457 736 736. Go back to you on this one, Aaron. On the back of what James had to say, there was a suggestion from you there. You think this is not done and dusted. What likelihood of a reinstatement there for the Triple Eight duo? Well, they've appealed, so it's got to be heard. Uh, likelihood, it's pretty rare that technical um, decisions like this get overturned. So I think it's probably an unlikely one. The other teams in the pit lane are all saying it's a clear-cut rule here. But uh, the Triple Eight team are saying also that the thing is that this is about driver safety and, safety and comfort. These cars are hotter, and James can attest. He's been driving them in testing leading up to the championship beginning this weekend in Newcastle. They've got a smaller cabin section. The cockpit is smaller. Uh, they've taken away some of the heat shielding that was in the previous cars, and Shane Van Gisbergen made comment on Friday about how hot they were inside. So clearly they're coming from the angle of driver safety comfort. Uh, supercars are looking at it from a performance advantage, and, and we should point out here too, this is an important one. 
a lot of our fans and our listeners will be saying supercars are making the decision, supercars are doing this. Well, the stewards are actually from Motorsport Australia, governing body of the sport in this country, formerly called CAMS, renamed in, uh, a few years ago. So it's supercars, obviously, who are running the sport, running the championship. But when it comes to these judicial decisions, the stewards, that's a Motorsport Australia element. The supercars technical team give their opinion, give their views, present their case. It is up to the Motorsport Australia stewards, and there's a, a panel of three stewards here this weekend who hear this. They get all the evidence, they hear from everybody, then they close the doors and they make a call and they go from the rule book that they deal with. So that's a really important distinction because I think a lot of fans will think that it's supercars who make the call. It's very much in the, uh, the realms of Motorsport Australia, but I'd be surprised if we saw this overturned in the future. But I think we, we get stuck into another day of racing, another 95 laps, 250Ks. That can be dealt with during the week, but we can go racing again today. All right, Aaron, I'll put you on the spot. I did it on Friday. You said, look, I know new cars, new rivalries, um, maybe a revisit to the past, but in the end, Shane Van Gisbergen is going to be the man to beat, and that was proven to be the case. However, did you see anything yesterday from a driver from a team that made you think, ah, we have a new contender for season 2023. Oh, definitely, mate. Brody Kostecki was so impressive yesterday for Erebus. They've been strong in testing, and they've built in a really nice fashion for, for this weekend and for this year. So he's kind of the next guy in the queue who, who haven't won a race in this championship who's most likely to become a supercars race winner. The problem yesterday was he led the first 30 laps, but he knew that he wasn't going to win the race at that stage because he knew he didn't have the pace of the Red Bull cars, and he lost his radio as well. So he couldn't communicate with the team about strategy, about the gaps to other cars, about what his pace was like compared to the other drivers. And all the drivers, and James will attest to this too, I've asked a few of them, some of the teams overnight, these cars, it's really easier to burn the tyres off them in terms of overheating them, wearing them out faster. These cars don't have as much downforce as the previous generation to the tune of about two-thirds reduction. So wow. they're really manhandling the cars around this track. And this is a tough place to come for a championship opener. It's only 2.6 kilometres. It's one of the shortest tracks on the calendar, but it's up and down. It's rise and fall. There's 12 turns. There's plenty of concrete walls. There's plenty of things that can and will go wrong out here uh, on any day, let alone when you wheel out 25 brand new cars but there's there's still so much to learn with these cars they're they're brand new they've all done a handful of days of running and they're very much learning every time they roll them out onto the track but it's uh it's so weird to see these cars too they are different in their dimensions the engines are different they're a bigger engine than previously it's it's taken a little while to get used to looking at them seeing them hearing them and of course for the teams to run them and the drivers on how to drive them great insight there from aaron let's go even further with that the gen 3 cars james you've been in them give us your extended version of what what aaron just told us there from live experience yeah, well, um, you know, just to, I guess, touch on further what Aaron um, spoke about there, the, the cars are a lot more physical to drive, um, and especially around the streets of Newcastle, you can see that they're not as compliant over the curbs and the over the bumps, so they don't absorb that energy as well as they did in the past, um, and that is absorbed through the driver, if you like, yeah. and certainly as, as the tyres wear out quicker, um, you know, you see guys like Shane Van Gisbergen, who has always been the the benchmark guy at looking after his tyres. It really came into his hands yesterday. So um, there's a lot of challenges um, in front of the drivers. And Sparrow thought the big thing for them today is backing up for another 250 k's. You know, yesterday we saw drivers hop out of the cars looking very hot and bothered. 
So they would have been in full recovery mode last night and you wake up for Sunday morning and you're stiff, you're sore, mentally you're drained, physically you're drained, but you've got to get yourself up for another 250Ks, 95 laps around the streets of Newcastle and it's hot, it's humid, and as Aaron touched on before, there's a threat of some weather to spice things up even more. So um, they've all got their, both the teams and the drivers have got their work cut out for them today. James, I know when I get off the mower after being on for an hour and a half, you know, I've got a, I've got a little rattle about me, right? For the next hour or so, I'm, I'm, I've still got the vibrations going through it. What's it like from a driver point of view after 95 laps? And give us an insight into what sort of recovery the drivers would have been doing last night in preparation for the next event today. Yeah, well, we heard um, overnight that uh, the likes of Will Davidson and Anton Di Pasquale, they lost the helmet cooling fan uh, very early on in the race, so they were really suffering from uh, headaches and uh, the fumes uh, more so. So it's just about getting the hydration back into you. Obviously, really good uh, dinner and, and breakfast the following day. Uh, but I know from personal experience, it was just it was very difficult to get a really good night's sleep because you have to hydrate, rehydrate yeah. yourself so much so that you're, you're constantly waking up. So you're battling between wanting to obviously rest as well as you can, but you know you just got to keep getting those fluids down. So over a race like uh, we had yesterday, you can expect the drivers to easily lose between four to five kilos of, of, of body fluids. So wow. you've got to get that back into your system but then you've got to top yourself back up before, you know, three o'clock this afternoon, which is race time. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to consider. Um, whilst the drivers have these cooling aids that we're, we're talking about, in reality, it just makes it bearable. It's by no means like you're driving down the freeway with the air conditioner on, <laughs> on fan three and 20 degrees. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, the, the conditions for the drivers uh, are definitely not pleasant. So for anybody out there, if it's about 20 degrees outside, you can easily add 25 to 30 degrees for the, the cockpit temperatures of these cars. And we've seen with the smaller cabins that these Gen 3 cars have that there's reports that, that you know, those temperatures may even be more. So, yeah, like I said, they've, they've definitely got their work cut out today. It's a brutal reminder too, guys, that supercar drivers are athletes. I think so many people think that they just sit there and steer, you know, a couple of pedals, you know, wave to the fans as they drive down the road. But it's, it's certainly a... A hot environment and talking to about some of the drivers i mean cameron hill is from canberra he's one of the rookies that's the longest race he's ever done in his career because in the junior categories they're they're shorter races he's had to tape up his left hand because it's been absolutely mangled from 95 laps on that gear shift up and down uh 12 corners 95 times you do the maths uh, that's a lot of work that you've got to exert and actually i spoke to james courtney yesterday uh, this morning actually his gear shift actually came loose in the mounting point in the car. So he was having to hold on to it the whole time to keep it in the gear it was in. Because this track's bumpy, because it goes up and down, if he took his hand off it, it would change gear itself. It's the only automatic supercar I reckon I've ever heard of. He had to hold on to it the whole time to make sure that it wouldn't trigger as it went over with the forces going through the car. So these guys worked so hard yesterday. And, and even for the guys who it all went right for, 
they're certainly feeling the heat. I mean, Will Brown was cooked when he got out of that car yesterday, the, the Erebus number no. 9 uh, Camaro. He needed bottles of water thrown over him, cold towels. Uh, it was a big effort. There were some boys he, who were he really He looked like hurting. a cocaine at the end of it. He was, he was. He was <laughs> as red was as one. Red. <laughs> he was really struggling. But I, I tell you what, he's, he's feeling a bit better that he got moved up two positions overnight to uh, fourth. So the Erebus guys were third and fourth with the way that it all flowed out with the two Red Bull cars getting turfed. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's tough, and the guys have got to back it up today and go again. All right, next thing you're going to tell me, he had a coat hanger as an aerial for that car. But anyway, it uh, looks like he's getting the job done no matter what. Um, and don't worry, I was one of those persons who thought, eh, racing car drivers, whatever, and then saw Jamie Wincup on Australia's Greatest Sportsman, Rexona, and I thought, oh, yeah, He did good, didn't he? Oh, did really serious, well. Serious really athlete. Well. Yeah, serious athlete. So, and, and as you say, uh, James, they're losing four to five kilos. These guys don't have four to five kilos to lose. That's a fair percentage of their total body weight, which is incredible. If you want to be a part of the pro- – we're going to get a couple of giveaways too today for the next Supercars event. So keep your text messages coming in, 0457 0457- 736 736. This is from our man, the Big G, who we know is a massive Supercars fan. Uh, G'day, Jimmy. Noons and Moff. I have a question for Noons. Do you have any room in the com box? I'm roasting up here in Grandstand 11. Looking forward to the year with the SEN commentary. Cheers, the Big G. I'm looking around. Cheerful, <laughs> cheerful, cheerful. We're full. Sorry. No, oh. no good, I'm afraid. I, I've tried. I've uh, tried. It's absolutely ruthless. Uh, good on you, boys. All right, James Moffat down in Melbourne. Aaron Noonan, trackside up there at Newcastle. We'll come back to you very shortly. We have race number one today starting a little bit after 12.30. So we'll check in with you guys in the lead up to that. In the meantime, let's get to some of the results from overnight uh, and across all the different sports, starting with the NRL. The Sydney Roosters yesterday defeated the New Zealand Warriors 20 points to 12. The Dolphins did it again. Can you believe it? Against the Canberra Raiders. Fair bit of controversy coming out of that one. A little bit of controversy coming out of the Roosters-Warriors game as well. Do you think Joseph Swalehi will be charged? We'll keep our eye on that today. So the Dolphins have their second win, their second game, 20 points to 14. They are co-leaders of the NRL and maybe that's why we've got headlines today about a 20-team NRL. The Bulldogs have defeated the Melbourne Storm in a massive upset 26 points to 12. We'll talk more about that performance, what it means for Cameron Serraldo and his doggies for season 2023. Australia v India a fourth test, end of day three. India three for 289 at stumps. They trail Australia by 191 runs. Uh-oh, look out. Virat Kohli, 59 not. Uh, Ravindra Jadeja, 16 not. Earlier, Shulman Gill with his second 100 in his test career. And wickets each to Nathan Lyon, Todd Murphy and Matthew Kuhneman. Remember, the coverage across SEN of day four kicks off from 2.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. That's on the SEN app. And look at that. That has just come through right now. Uh, and these are the charges coming out of the Saturday games. So Joseph Akuso Swalihi has been charged for a dangerous contact grade one. It's a third and subsequent offence. An early guilty plea will be $3,000, and guilty at panel will see him miss two matches. So we think that might come with a early guilty plea effective immediately. Jeremy Marshall-King has been charged with a grade two dangerous contact. That was on Corey Horsburgh. Early guilty plea, two matches. Uh, Guilty at panel will be three matches. Tom Gilbert 
has been given a Grade 1 Dangerous Contact Charge, $3,000 or two matches, same as Joseph Akuso-Swalihi. And Viliami Kikau has been given a Dangerous Contact Grade 1. This was the trip late in the game, third and subsequent offence, same for him, $3,000 or two matches. So Parramatta Reels and Ryan Madison, I would be suggesting that Joseph Akuso-Swalihi Tommy Gilbert and Viliami Kickout will all be paying those fines and be available to take their place for next week. Across horse racing, um, star jockeys Jamie Carr, Craig Williams, both been admitted to hospital after a serious fall yesterday at Flemington. Carr was knocked unconscious when she speared into the turf on a Mount Flyball, clipped the heels of the eventual winner, Vate, halfway through the Group 2 size produce. Stakes over 1,400 metres. She was... Uh, yeah, she sustained those injuries. So too, Williams he got a fractured collarbone and one or two broken ribs. So um, that was when he was dislodged from his mount. So there's some of the news update. I want to take you to the Players' Championship too. Scotty Scheffler leads after the third round at 14 under, but a couple of Aussies in pursuit. Minwoo Lee outright second on 12 under after a third round 66. And Cam Davis in outright third position, uh, at 10 under, two shots back from Min Woo Lee after he shot a third round 67. So some great performances coming in from the Australians, not to mention the fact that we also have Australian Jason Day in a tie for 14th at six under as well. So the, the defending champ is not allowed to defend it. That's Cameron Smith, but the Aussies are flying the flag in his absence. Get your text messages coming in, 0457 736 736. The open line as well, one 1170 SEN Supercars on a Sunday. We'll continue right after this break.